Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Imagine losing to the Red Wings. That's it. That's the opening. That's the whole episode. <laughs> Please send it to all of your friends who are fans of the Boston Bruins and the Montreal Canadiens. Thank you for tuning in today. <laughs> Imagine losing to the Red Wings repeatedly. You know, the only team who should be doing that is the Red Wings, and they're quite good at it. But uh, we are recording post game right now, and Boston is five games back, or they're down five straight games against Detroit. They've lost their last five games to the Red Wings. The 2018 to 2020 Detroit Red Wings. Oh my God. That is the worst version of the Red Wings you could find in like the last 40 years. Quite bad. And the best team, the statistical first place team in the entire NHL has lost to them five times in a row. That game was something else. Like they looked, they didn't look bad. Like Boston didn't look bad. (laughs) They were setting up scoring chances and everything, but then. They'd have like a wide open net and they would just completely whiff. Like, did they come to Detroit a day early and just, I don't know, go to Motor City Casino or something and just get completely obliterated? They were actually playing like they were hungover. They were still drunk. Usually that's good for teams against Detroit. You can be. They give them a complimentary beer when they come onto the bench. Yeah, you're at least half in the bag. You still got a shot. Speaking of half in the bag, Evan, how you doing, man? I'm tired. Everyone, I want everyone want uh, today's saga of getting Evan to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, message in the group chat: uh, "You guys down to record post game? The game's at twelve thirty. Brad and Evan both go. Yeah, sure, that works for me. I have hockey at eight. They both have hockey at eight. Great. Brad shows up today near the end of the game. We wait like twenty minutes, and I'm like, all right, time for that text. Evan, what's your ETA? He goes, when are we going again? <laughs> and I was like, I need an, ex- an explicit time. That's what I required. And I was like, uh, now, buddy, you said yes to that yesterday. And he goes, I didn't know if that meant three or six. Well, it could have been any time after the game. <laughs> to which I ask, Evan, why would that be six? Because then that gives us like an hour and 20 minutes to record. And then but Rad and I can both go to hockey. So you like cutting things close and rushing out the door? Oh, I get to hockey like seven minutes before we're supposed to be on the ice. It's just muscle memory for you at this point to want to be like a little bit late. Yeah. Uh, you'd want to get there at least dealt twice as early to prepare that stick of yours. <laughs> no, no, I uh, I get out there for the last thirty seconds of warm up and it's perfect. I'm still I'm still upset. Your name bar on that stick doesn't say Big Daddy. I should have got that. <laughs> I messed up. I should get a custom stick. I wanted to say Big Umami. I want that to be my rap name. Okay. Yeah. Have I told you guys that one before? No. Big Umami is what I want to be casually referred to from now on. If you could please oblige by that. We're definitely not going to do that. I I think you're contractually obliged to. Big Umami, what's yours? What's Evan's podcast rap name? I don't know. You guys you guys tell us. Just 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 ghost. Just ghost. Not ghost face killer, nothing like that. Just ghost. Ghost with a zero though. Yeah, I like it. Ghosto? Ghost with a zero and a Z. <laughs> Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. No, you're not. No, you're not. Oh. <laughs> you literally just walked into your own joke and missed it. Nobody ever accused me of being funny. <laughs> ever. Certainly not you two. You j- <sighs> I'm so disappointed. You want to start again? Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Big Umami. I'm disappointed. And I'm Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today on the podcast, we actually have uh, three Red Wings games to talk about uh, from last episode till now. And as Brad pointed out, from our last episode until now, the Red Wings have a winning record. That might be a first this season, and I'm not going back to check. Um, yeah, because the Buffalo game was after our last episode, right? Yes. Yeah, because we recorded on Wednesday night. Hell Yeah. And actually, we have another Buffalo game before next episode. Hell yeah. So we have that. We are going to talk about some stuff that's happening around the league, uh, internationally, maybe even relevant for Detroit down in the AHL. And then we're just going to chat a little bit more about um, everything else. But first, I want to give a shout out to show sponsors. First, RD Woodworking. Uh, Daniel Rossi from RD Woodworking is the one who built us this 
beautiful, gorgeous custom podcast table uh, with our logo on it with the light up. Oh, we didn't light it up this episode. That's okay. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, check it out. That's rdwoodworking.ca. Please go check out his stuff. Uh, incredible custom woodworker. Um, cannot thank him enough for doing this for us. So This episode, we will light this table up as often as the red light has been lit up behind Jonathan Bernier lately. Not at all. So we're not going to. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to um, all of our uh, Aussie friends who started the um, fundraiser for Australian wildlife and uh, bushfire relief. Um, together, the Red Wings community uh, raised 1710 Australian dollars, which is really amazing. Um, obviously, the Red Wings community, uh, the Red Wings Aussie community is small, but uh, strong and, and uh, strong of voice especially a few of them. Uh, really proud of all of you guys. And thank you to Red Wings fans and Winged Wheel podcast listeners uh, for supporting the cause. They are um, donating the money to Wildlife Relief. I believe it's Kangaroo Island. My tweets aren't loading right now, so forgive me. Um, but that's thanks to you guys. So good job, Red Wings. Uh, good job, Hockey Town. Um, and thanks for supporting um, our Australian friends. Uh, I will name all of you by name later when everything is loaded. And then finally, I want to thank uh, Everett at Born to Dan Hart on Twitter. Um, show sponsor. Lots of the giveaways happen through uh, Everett. And also the giveaway for two tickets to the last game of the season that we are running with him. Uh, he is still... Uh, we're not drawing for that until the 14th. Uh, so go check out at born to Dan Hart on Twitter to see how to enter for that giveaway. We're going to be at that game and we're going to bring some listeners too. And maybe you'll win this giveaway. There's lots of uh, ways you can win tickets to the last game against Tampa Bay. All right. Uh, let's talk about this game against, against Tampa Bay. Yeah. The last game of the season. Oh, last no. home game of the season. Yeah. There'll be resting players. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe we'll just play Syracuse and it'll be a toss up. I think I, I'm confident in saying. That that game should be a game where we can cheer for a Red Wings win and not have to worry about it. Although, I think we're at that point now. Uh, they've cut that lead in the lottery division from 15 points to 11, so you never know. Woo, who are we chasing? And how many games do they have in hand on Detroit? LA and they have one game in hand. Prom salt. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Boston game that happened today. Um, huge moments. <laughs> Andreas Athanasiu, two goals. That's massive for him. Two goals on national TV. One was an empty netter, but whatever. People don't care. Um, a power play goal that was beautifully set up by Larkin and Bertuzzi. How important was that for Athens to see you, especially considering everyone else who's offensively gifted, Mantha Zadina, and now Fabry being injured? How important was it for him to get on the board? Not as important as it was for Perlini. But I'm going to get to that, Brad. Yeah, I, didn't, I knew you were. I knew you started with Athens to see you. And I... I wanted to ruin your fun since you ruined your own joke earlier. I'm still rattled about that. Are you fighting on my against me on my behalf? Yes. This is fun. I am the inside of your head. Oh, that is... <laughs> <laughs> that's the scariest thought I could think of. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll do Perlini first. Finally gets the monkey off his back. Finally. <laughs> and also chronologically, he scored first. So, you know. Yes, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Um, this isn't our first rodeo. No. No, and it's it was Perlini's, be, apparently. It was his. His first goal as a Red Wing comes in game like 55 or something like that of the season. Oh, my God. 56, maybe. Yeah, but we didn't trade for him to like November, didn't we? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, It was good. It was good to see Perlini score. And you know what? We were talking about this as the game was still going on, Brad. Perlini's not like he's he's not a hit on that trade that we saw with Fabry. And that's very obvious. And that's fine. Eisman took a shot and it just didn't stick. But especially early before Prolini kind of got relegated to the fourth line. Could you stop coughing, you pile of garbage? I We're am, trying to record a podcast. I have kids. I am always sick. Just accept this is normal. You know what Evan and I don't have? A cough. Why That's is that, true. Evan? Uh, because we don't have children. We don't have children. There you go. And look at us. We're so together right Eek now. Specimens. I showed up on time. You were in your pajamas and you forgot we were recording. And you I was both in my pajamas. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but Perlini actually plays, in my mind, like a 10 to 12 goal score. That's the chances he's been generating. He's been kind of like just stonewalled. It's not a prolific shooter. I don't think he is an incredibly gifted offensive talent, but it's not like Ernie where we speculated that Ernie might have that untapped part of his game, and that's very obviously not the case. I think Perlini 
has a lot of those fundamentals down, but just hasn't, hasn't found a way to make it work, which is the most important part of the process. Putting the puck over the line is the most important part of scoring a goal. So he not- has a 20 goal season under his belt, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so with uh, Chicago. So I don't want to, you know, make excuses and say he's incredibly gifted. No, but I think the, the way he's playing, you would have expected him to score a little bit more than what he has right now. So an important goal for him. Can we expect that con- to continue? Or was today just a fluke? Um, I At a 20-goal pace, it's not going to continue, but I expect him to probably shovel in a few more by the end of the season, especially considering Zadina, now Fabry, Mantha, how many offensive players are out. He's going to... He, going to trip and fall into offensive chances because they're going to have no choice but to put him on the second power play unit or to put him out in a key offensive situation because who else are going to put out there? We tr- they tried Justin Ablocator on the first line. How'd that go? Uh, they tried Darren Helm on the first line. How'd that go? Poor Giovanni Smith had this beautiful zone entry, dangled around like three Boston Bruins defender. Megged, I think, uh, not megged, I think Tory Krug to get the puck over to Ablocator and Ablocator shot it wider than that of an open net. Sounds about right. So this is why I have faith in Perlini getting a few more goals this season because he's not that and eventually he's going to start getting some more prominent minutes because he hasn't played poorly. He just it was snake bitten. Do you uh, keep Perlini as cheap depth this year? He'll probably sign for less than a million. So of course I would. Oh, I would keep Perlini for less than a million for sure. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. He could have a pretty good end of the season and finish with six goals. Are you giving a six-goal score more than that? Uh, <laughs> the six-goal score on this team is like a 15-goal score adjusted on most other teams. Oh, my God. That would put him like top five on this team in goals, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, we'll talk about Athanasiu in a second, but that reminds me <laughs> of something. I was I was going to say that it's hard to evaluate players on this team because of how bad the Red Wings are this year. And that brings us to Dennis Cholosky, who before this game was sent down to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, Mike Green was activated, and, and, and so that presumably is why Cholosky was sent down. Now, it's a little bit of a con- not a confusing send down. I don't think I think the the cat's out of the bag. Cholosky's not been good this year, uh, especially after a, a poor second half to the last season, in which he was already down to the Griffins by that point. I think um, he needed to have a good season. Do I think he's been the worst Red Wings defenseman? No, but it's so hard to evaluate what's on Cholosky, uh, what's on the system, and what's on the fact that just maybe. Nobody can succeed on this team besides the like ultimate stars like Larkin because it's actually just trying to look through mud. It's trying to see straight through mud, trying to trying to evaluate players objectively and see where they are. So I really don't know what to make of this Cholosky send down. My part of me thinks just leave him up and let him grind out the season. Who cares if he's sucking? Everyone's sucking, but I don't know. Where are wins more important right now, Detroit or Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids. There you go. That's my entire argument. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's been a weird dialogue though. You know, people are asking Blasio about Cholosky, and he's just had some cryptic things to say, like he's a little bit banged up, or he kind of alludes to him being hurt, and he kind of alludes to him being like off, or he kind of alludes to him not playing as well as he would have hoped. And I just don't really get what's happening there. I don't get how the handling of Cholosky is going, but no, you're right. Grand Rapids is important. They want them to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're gonna. We're gonna see. I think the only reason Lindstrom is up and Cholosky's not is because well, they want a longer look at him, and well, everybody's injured, so they need somebody to actually field some ice right now in Detroit. So, now, in a in a perfect world, I think they want Lindstrom and Cholosky and Rasmussen and Valeno and Svechnikov and all these guys and Hiroshi clicking in Grand Rapids to get Grand Rapids into the playoffs. I don't think they give a crap. About what's going on in Detroit. I think they want the young guys away from Detroit. I don't think that's changed from October to now. The only reason Zadina stayed up is because Zadina basically forced their hand when he came up to fill in a spot. Because he was only up because of injury, let's not forget. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm not reading too much into it. Because, again, I think Cholosky is uh, not – it's not the only reason, but I think he's a victim of circumstance. The style of game he plays is not complimentary of the system Blashill plays or the talent he's surrounded with. I think if Cholosky were even on a half-decent team, let's say Montreal, I think he'd be doing fine this year. Not not going to be winning Rookie of the Year, Norris or anything like that, but he'd, he'd be fine. 
It's just this team's terrible. You mentioned Gustav Lindstrom, who uh, was the benefactor of a lot of those like sudden Red Wings injuries. He's played three games. I think he's been not bad. I've been. You haven't noticed him, but that's good on this team. Yeah, you haven't noticed him immediately makes him the best defenseman on this team. <laughs> uh, I saw him. I made a joke today where I saw him make like a clean breakout pass to the winger, which should be a very basic play, but we are deprived with the Red Wings this season. They're few and far between. Uh, very few, very far between. And it was so nice to see that. And I was like, yeah, well, that's a win for me. He hasn't been a complete devastation on the blue line. That's fine um Lindstrom is a guy who last year we had a lot more hope for um kind of hasn't really excelled so much in his progress but he's still very young so it'd be silly to give up on him um wasn't really expecting him to make it up this year but at the same time anything can happen with the team this bad with this many injuries so it is positive to see him get a look and who knows he he could still pan out and be something a lot more impressive I know the Swedish contingent of Red Wings fans has been shouting at us about Lindstrom for a long time. If I'm the physical embodiment of the sound, <sighs> Lindstrom is the physical embodiment of the sound. Eh. <laughs> he's he's fine. He's not bad. He's not great. He's not going to have any major impact on the game in a good way or a bad way, which like you said, on this team is a massive relief and that immediately makes him better than half the defensemen at least. Um, am I excited about him yet? No. Will I ever be excited about Gustav Lindstrom, even if he becomes a regular in Detroit? Probably not, because he's a bottom pairing defenseman who, if everything goes really well for Gustav Lindstrom right now, what is he? Nemeth? Yeah, that's great. We need more Nemeths. Yeah. Is Nemeth's anybody, a great defender. And is anybody excited about Nemeth? Yeah, me. I like defense. <laughs> I'm a uh, nerd. Yeah, but in today's NHL, you need guys who are at least... Uh, Lindstrom looks more capable... From a puck moving standpoint, then I think Nemeth is currently. I'm not saying he's better than Nemeth at that now, but I think factoring in growth, age, et cetera, et cetera, I think there is a bit more upside there. But again, he's fine. And that's fine. And that doesn't upset me. Do you think that Evan looks more dead behind the eyes today than he usually does? I don't know why I'm so tired right now. Did you have coffee today? No. Why didn't you ask for one when you got in? You know, I always mm-hmm. have coffee on for you. Yeah, but I shouldn't feel this dead. No, even with coffee. No, or but if, without coffee. If we're talking about the way you should and shouldn't feel and act, Evan, we have a five-year backlog yeah, <laughs> to go through. We do. Um, the Red Wings' previous two games, they uh, on Thursday the sixth, they beat Buffalo in a shootout in a game they desperately tried to lose. Speaking of fan bases that are melting down, oh man, that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back in Buffalo. You lost to the Red Wings. Who are you, Boston? I seen so because I'm a Bills fan, I have a lot of Sabres fans on my feed, and I've literally seen multiple tweets today about, yeah, that's enough of the Sabres. I'm I'm into the XFL now. I don't blame them. <laughs> I really don't blame Best them. Best football league in the world. It it is fun, man. I love the rules. I, it's so much better. I'm missing the Guardians game for this. Yes, I'm, I'm so down with the um, no extra point kicks. Beautiful. Yes, love it. And love it. the further you go back, you can get one, two, or three point extra points. Unreal. My hot take is that within three years, the NFL will have adopted at least one major rule from the XFL. And they should. They should adopt all of them. The not moving until the receiver receives a punt or a kick. Beautiful. If you punt it out of bounds, it goes to your own 45. Love it. The extra point. Love it. This league, from a rule standpoint, is already way better than the NFL. Now, the talent will never catch up to the NFL, obviously. But, yeah, screw it. Let's go Guardians and let's go Renegades. I got to decide on one of them. I'm still on the fence. I there, Every team has a plus for me. Uh, the game against Buffalo is a Dylan Larkin two-goal two game in which he scored in a very pretty way twice, uh, scored in the shootout, and Athanasiu sealed that shootout winner. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets game was a game in which um, Jimmy Howard made 42 saves, and they lost 2 nothing. Yeah. That's so Jimmy Howard 2020. that guy cannot buy a win this team is not scoring in front of him um i it's weird because every time we talk about jimmy howard because i think jimmy howard in 2020 has been good he had an atrocious start to the season but he's been very passable to decent in most games since and everyone is just piling on. They're like, Howard sucks. Howard sucks. I'm like, yeah, he does suck this year. He's also at the end of his career. He's 36 years old. He's seen probably the most high dangerous scoring chances out of anyone else in the league since 2012. I cannot believe that people are just erasing his entire history 
as a solid Red Wings goalie. Do people forget the years that he dragged this team to the playoffs? People, the same people who dump on him are the same people that you see dumping on Blashill, dumping on Ken Holland. Why well, I, I don't dump on, on Howard, but I dump on those two. Yeah, I dump on those two. Well, it's just like <laughs> that's who their scapegoat is. Yeah, and I get it. Like you're right, there. Everyone's right in saying Howard hasn't been good this year, and Detroit has lost games because of Howard. Sure. On the whole, Detroit has lost games because of the five players playing in front of him at any given moment, though. That's the majority of the problem for the Red Wings. doesn't matter who's playing because, as you see, when he puts up 42 saves, they're not winning. The only way Detroit's winning these games is when they have the random spurt of, like, a lot of scoring or teams like Boston just cannot find the back of the net because they had too many Coney Island hot dogs right before the game. Over the last four games, the Wings are 2-2, two and two, and we're pretty thrilled about that. But uh, should they be? Because I actually just looked it up out of curiosity. You want to know the Red Wings' shots on goal over the last four games? No. In order from starting with Philly, 16, 21, 16, 20. In a league where the average is over 30. In uh, Sean Tierney charting hockey in his lovely little shots for shots against uh, Corsi for Corsi against charts that he did. He literally had to expand the chart to fit the Red Wings on. They get, they generate so few shots. There is zero offense on this team right now. And yet they've got a pretty high shooting percentage. Hence why they won today. Every, and hence why they beat Buffalo. Everyone's vi- visuals have to be so like expanded and they lose so much detail because the Red Wings, they're so far off the chart. Um, some news for Detroit internationally. There is word that they have signed winger <coughs> Malty Stromwall out of the KHL. Haven't heard of this guy before. I'm going to level with you. Um, this isn't confirmed. There have been conflicting reports coming out about it. Um, there was, I'm trying to find my exact tweet. So a guy named Dusan Umesevich. And Hockey Zverej in Sweden have reported it, but there's been conflicting reports. He's a 25-year-old right-handed shooter. Uh, he's a winger. Uh, he's been pretty successful in the Finnish Elite League and then this year the KHL. Um, I know there's a lot to do with transfer agreements between the KHL and the NHL, so it might be something that has to wait. Um, it could be completely false. I know uh, Edmonton is in on him. I think the Rangers used to own his rights, uh, but that might be something to look out for. The same thing happened with Kasky, right? When they signed him and then like it was denied a little bit and then it was like came out and was announced. Yeah, I hate when rumors are unsubstantiated, but you know they're probably true, but you can't confirm yeah. it. It drives me nuts. Well, I, I mean, I said like there's no official word, so don't get too ahead of it. But at the same time, there's not really the media press to confirm it. So it probably won't be for a little while until the team officially announces it. And the thing that's bothering me the most about this is if we do sign this guy and um, Red Wings prospect uh, Multi Setkov also makes a team, we will have two Multis on the team. And I know there's a Multis Falcon joke in here somewhere that I just can't find and it's bothering me. No, I can't find that at all. No, I'm looking because we've got Multis. There's two of them, plural. We have the first word of the joke. I believe it's multi-pull. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. That was way better than Evan I, I was going to come Evan up with it. it. Yeah. This is why we need Evan here at any given moment. I was Evan, gi- Evan given moment. Yeah, see, I can't do it. This is <laughs> Evan here. given no, moment. That's a gift. Uh, all right. Around the NHL. Well, actually, let's go down to the AHL. Moritz Sider. Killed a guy. Continues to kill people on the ice. And then stands his ground and then trips on the box. He is going to be the most beloved man in Detroit so quickly. That might have been my favorite gif, hockey gif of all time, where you just see the guy come in for a high hit on Cider. Play goes into the zone. The stars go to break it out. You just see the puck come to that guy on the boards. And before you even see Cider come on the screen, you know he's coming. And so sure enough, I think it was Feliber gets the puck, looks up, in comes uh, Cider, like the ghost of Nick Cronwall, <laughs> and just clobbers the guy and then immediately goes at him, to which Feliber skates away because he does not want to fight our monster, uh, beloved German fellow. Um, he's... He's probably going to be in Detroit while we're in Grand Rapids. We talked about that. Our Grand Rapids trip is the last weekend of um, March. Um, <coughs> I'm always pausing for Brad's coughs. Brad, Shut un- up. unless you can afford a producer for us to edit these episodes, 
you're not allowed to be sick. Supply me with medicine when I get here then. Yeah, okay. It's Canada. We can do that. That's fair. Someone commented on the last YouTube video appalled that we weren't in Detroit. And it's like, man, I hate to break it to you, but a lot of Red Wings fans just don't happen to be in Detroit at all times. Appalled. He's probably Terry's friend. We lost Terry. Yep. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, AHL. AHL. Cider or something. He's going to be up in Detroit while we are not, while we're in Grand Rapids, but I cannot wait for him to get his nine-game look, and then I cannot wait for next season for him to probably challenge for a roster spot. Challenge for a roster spot? The argument's going to be, does he play on the first or second pairing? <laughs> He's going to kill people, and it's going to give Red Wings, it's going to put butts in seats. Like management loves talking about that. Ownership loves talking about that. Moritz Sider is a butts in seats player. Like he legit tickets are seven bucks right now. There should be lots of butts in the seats. <laughs> yeah, aren't they? They're doing a BOGO deal right now. I yeah, that BOGO they deal are. actually sucks because I was looking at it. Man, the original ticket prices are still so absurdly high. It's not worth it. Uh, I can't wait till this team's good again. Because I I'm, I have to get tickets to the game against Calgary because I'm taking uh, Mika down to her first game at the LCA. I'm like BOGO, perfect. I can even. I need three tickets, but I guess I got to buy four. Perfect. I can literally get a seat to store all my shit with the kids and whatnot and not have to pay for it. And I go look at the prices. Yeah, no, they're still cheaper on other apps. Yeah, it was like the original face value and mm-hmm. on the res- resale sites are way cheaper. Yeah, sorry. I'm not paying. And it's run through Ticketmaster, so I never even got to the page to know what the hell those uh, fees fees are. So, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, more at Cider. Butts and seats starting probably at the end of the season and next. Um, last episode, I talked a lot about Jonathan Bernier and how amazing he's been playing. Oh, I, just, I almost had the worst joke on that. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. Um, he has been absolutely lights out. And I talked about how teams looking for goaltending depth should look to Jonathan Bernier. Teams like Toronto. As I was publishing the episode, Toronto went out and traded for Jack Campbell, which is exceptionally rude exceptionally rude toronto obviously fighting for a playoff spot right now they hold a divisional seed but it's uh it's tight because they have florida on their tail they have a lot of the wild card teams are actually ahead of them so it might not work out in their favor and they needed a goalie because hutchinson was not playing up to par and then um frederick anderson frederick anderson thank you uh hurt his neck um campbell's won one game lost another in overtime Blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get too much into Toronto. Why uh, is a backup goalie this big a deal? Because it's, it's Toronto. Because Toronto might be the most talented team to ever miss the playoffs in the modern era. I forget what the original saying is, but just to copy it, if the backup goalie is a problem, it's not the backup goalie. Oh, of course not. It's the defense. Did Isn't he, Morgan Riley hurt? Yes. Yeah. You see Tyson Berry on a on three on three overtime wind up from the uh, like side hash marks for a slap shot and the rebound went the other way and Kovalchuk ended it. Tyson, why are you shooting from there, pal? Kovalchuk's well, resurgence is, is breathtaking. Wild. Maybe I love the, all of it. Maybe the most fun story in hockey this year. See, that that's what gets me. This whole con- mutual termination of contract thing. Like, I understand how it works, but it just, it feels cap circumventy to me. And yeah. then he goes and signs for less in Montreal. And I'm like, why would you do that? You and NHL PA can't complain about it because Kolchuk willingly left millions on the table. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> you know what? You can argue like how rude of that, how rude of him that is. But man, this guy is obviously not playing for money. And I kind of yeah. respect that. He loves the game. And you know what? It's going well for him in Montreal. And, and he's being touted as a potential trade piece for Montreal. And it's fair. He's playing like a guy who should be worth a second round pick for a contender. Isn't Montreal like seven two and one since they've got him or something like that? Uh, they are. I thought I saw that seven seven three and zero oh in their, in their last, last ten. Yep, they're still out of a wild card spot though. Well, out of a wild card spot, so it's going to be tough for them. Uh, they'd have an easier chance getting in a divisional seat, and that's not particularly close right now either. Um, yeah, the East is is a mess. So is the the whole league. The Pacific is wild as well. Um, I that was a lottery division. Is that close? Well, the Red Wings. No, have, it's not. Ryan, don't. The Red Wings have reduced their lead in the lottery division from 15 points to 11. LA has a game in hand, um, so it could go back up to 13 after today. But still, uh, it's it's not as close as it was before. Or it's not as further away 
far away as it was before, still not particularly close. Los Angeles won eight and one in their last 10. Hashtag the Kovalchuk effect. Yeah, why are they trying to lose? What, they want the best player overall? Grow up. Let's do a tankathon. No, these yep. are making me sad. And I'm going to sim the lottery. And Ew. it made me sad. Rangers first, LA second, New Jersey third, Red Wings fourth. Red Wings fourth. Okay. Uh, Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla. Who do you take? Raymond. Yes. I, I think I... Raymond and Rossi at the same time. See if they don't notice. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the the draft lottery because um, when is that again? They don't. They haven't announced it yet. They don't know. They're not telling anyone. Currently, the Red Wings have an 18 and a half percent chance of getting first overall. That is the most uh, a team has through one single pick. However, Ottawa has an 11 and a half percent chance being third last, and then San Jose whose pick belongs to Ottawa through the Eric Carlson trade has a 7.5% chance, which means they will have a 19% chance, which is point, which is half a percent better than the Red Wings of landing Alexi Lafreniere. This is why nobody likes you, San Jose. I want to be mad at Ottawa for that. I want to say, like, ah, this shouldn't be the case. But no, they traded Eric Carlson. They deserve to have that lottery. Like, that's a fair return. They deserve After to have that lottery pick. them last year, yeah. Okay, but yeah. you know what? I just, I hate that an owner can destroy a team so much where they have to lose eric carlson mark stone you know all these great players that they practically had to give away not give away for nothing but like they shouldn't have left the team and now they're going to be rewarded again and he's going to ruin that pick too it's like mcdavid going to edmonton all Ottawa's gonna do is season lafreniere for us so that in eight years when we're competitive we can get him and he'll be ready to go because he'll only be 26 so red wings fans uh at the end of the day, it doesn't particularly matter. But if you want to do one thing to make yourself feel better, uh, cheer for Ottawa and San Jose to win as many games as possible, which is a tall task right now, considering the stature of both of those teams. But still, good news. Buffalo uh, currently sits ahead of San Jose. So that is surely to change because, wow. Yeah, that city might actually just take the team away <laughs> imagine that city right now if the bills didn't make the playoffs they're still riding that high it might be on fire otherwise um let's go on a little bit too is there anything else actually around the league that we want to talk about uh not around the league but if you want um any more reason why the wnhl should get some traction uh the u.s canada rivalry series game in anaheim set the all-time record for a team usa game in the states in terms of attendance over 13,000 people in California to watch a women's hockey game. Oh, that's really cool. 13,000 in California to watch, for all intents and purposes, a meaningless hockey game. Now, obviously, it's not meaningless in terms of, you know, pride, rivalry, yada, yada, yada. But it's not a league. It's not a tournament. It's not a standings. The rivalry series has already been determined. This Canada can't mathematically catch the stage. So, for a, a meaningless game. And they got 13,000 out there. Um, I, I know, I know there's been a lot of talk. We've talked to America about it. We've talked to about it with amongst ourselves. Other people are saying it. It's a tough topic right now with the NWHL currently still being a league, but it's presumed that the NHL has a plan ready to go if they fold to form a league funded, uh, WNHL. I don't want to tell the women currently running their own league that, you know, they should fold. I, I, like, I think it's admirable. I think they're doing the best that they can do. But I would just love to see, like, a properly funded league where, you know, they don't have – these players don't have to go home and then also teach high school to fund themselves. They can make a living wage and just see the best hockey that we can see out of these women. Anyways – who knows how that news can change. It's been a crazy couple of years for women's hockey. So that's good news. I actually didn't catch that game. So, uh, And your friend played in that, right? She scored the second goal for Canada. Yeah. She's better, way better hockey player than anybody I know. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Evan. Played against Jamie McGinn on Friday night. Jamie McGinn? Yes. He's not, where, where did you play against him? In Fergus. Or where was I? Alora. He, he's a he, UFA he right good. Now. Yes. I thought he was like maybe a few years out of his career. He was literally in the AHL earlier this year. Oh. Oh, why isn't he there now? I don't know. That's a very good question. Because I think he was giving it about 15% oh. and he was 
undoubtedly the best player uh, on the ice. Played in the NHL last season. What yes. the hell? Huh. Did you get dusted? Yes. We lost 11 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't trying. Oh, Brad, uh, Evan versus uh, versus the Charlotte Checkers of the That's eight. basically what it was like. Yeah. Do we have anything else or is it just a slow news weekend for hockey? I think it might have been. Um, uh, that uh, Bifugilian guy in Winnipeg is a mess, but we don't have a definitive resolution other than they're working on a buyout of sorts. Not a buyout. It'd be a mutual termination of contract, but at the same time, he also has a grievance because he wasn't. He was being suspended without pay, but he's arguing that he was hurt, and that's why he wasn't playing. So they are not. you're not allowed to not pay someone uh, for not playing if they're hurt. So there's millions of dollars being talked about here. And this is just another situation where a team is now out of a ter- – like not a terrible contract, but out of a big money cap dead weight that they otherwise would have had to have held through a uh, termination of contract. It's all kind of bizarre. Someone somewhere in the whole process did something the other party didn't know was happening mm-hmm. or there was a misunderstanding of the process. And I think that's just how this whole thing sort of happened. And it spiraled. Update. On the Olympics, uh, apparently the International Olympic Committee has reached out to the NHL and is willing to have movement on the big things that were holding them back, uh, holding the NHL back from setting its players. And I will go on the record as saying the NHL is justified in wanting these things changed and they are um, paying for the insurance for the, these players going to play games that don't help the owners of the teams at all, um, paying for travel and accommodations and allowing the NHL to use footage and uh advertising materials uh for their use which makes sense these owners are giving up their assets it's it's their employees that they're paying risking their injury and it's happened before Tavares has been injured Stamkos has been injured like a lot of these players have gone Zetterberg. Zetterberg has been injured all of the Olympics and it's har- it's harmed their NHL product which is what they care about at the end of the day so the Olympic Committee should be paying for their insurance. The Olympic Committee should be tra- paying for the travel and accommodations. They should be paying or allowing the, the NHL to use Olympic footage uh, and materials for the NHL's advertising purposes. So apparently they've come to the table with that and have showed a willingness to move on all those things, which is good. The next big hurdle is the NHL ha- now has to uh, allow this with the NHLPA. They're going to use it as a bargaining chip in the next CBA. And so you know for a fact that it's going to be dangled in front of them. And here's the thing. Everyone here has a point. I think the Olympic Committee, now that they're on the right side of those issues, presumably, they're justified. Uh, I think the NHLPA in wanting to go is justified. And I think the NHL in saying, well, if we're going to halt our season for two weeks and lose out on an all-star game or whatever else, they're justified as well. Everyone has to get together and just figure this out. They just have to get their shit together and they have to figure this out because at the end of the day, it's about seeing the best hockey that you can possibly see and you have to do it for the good of the sport and the fans. It's bigger than money sometimes. I don't know what we'll do without the All-Star game. Literally anything else with our lives. No, I need to have it every year. You need to have it? Yes. It's the most exciting weekend of (laughs) hockey around. The problem is this is Evan's tone of voice when he's being serious as well. So people don't know that you're actually kidding right now. I hate the All-Star game. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a spectrum, the All-Star game is on the one side and bad and the the Olympics is on the other. They're the complete opposites in terms of excitement and just exponential growth of the game. It makes the Olympics worth watching. And I know that's does it like really poo-poos the other events that happen during the Olympics, but having hockey there is the biggest event. It's (laughs) it's gonna be in China. There's gonna be billions of eyes on this, as there always are. You want to expand the game, especially because the the rate of growth of uh revenue in the league isn't matching that of other uh sports, professional sports. You want to expand the game, you have to advertise it internationally. You cannot get away with that running these stupid all-star games. And these silly World Cup of hockey or whatever you want to call it, that the only people who watch that are people who are already watching NHL games. You have to expand your sport. You have to grow it. You have, like, someone said it, and I can't remember who it is, but there are, like, there are 2 billion people or however many in China. And you're saying that in five years, the next big prospect can't be some kid out of China? No, that's ignorant. You just have to get them watching, playing the sport, have it ingrained. The basketball, look at what the NBA has done. Billions yeah. of people watch NBA games. Yeah, 
China is an untapped area for economic growth of a sport. There's a lot of things that come associated with that. Um, but if you're looking full, just looking to grow your game and, you know, make more money, China is an obvious suitor. They robbed us of seeing McDavid and Crosby when Crosby was closer to his prime two years ago play together. And I'm very upset about that. That would have been some of the best hockey that you've seen. That's rude. They have to figure it out for 2022. Get every, it. every time we have an Olympics and as Canadians, we say this is one of the best Olympic teams we've ever put together or this was the best Olympic team we put together. That theoretical team probably would have been the best. When the Americans will have a loaded team. Everyone's going to have a loaded team. It's just best on best hockey, and it, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it. Uh, what can you do? I mean, if we're talking about theoretical teams, the 1998 Olympics could have had – 1998, 1988 Olympics could have had Gretzky and Lemieux in their prime. Which year? 88. Oh, Gretzky, I know what were you doing that year. Gretzky, Lemieux, and Iserman in their prime on the same team. Think about that. When did the when did uh, the NHL start going back to the Olympics? Ninety eight. Nagano was the first one. Yeah. We all know how that went. It got hashicked. Yep. We're gonna head over to overtime uh, a little bit earlier today, just because it's the weekend. We can do what we want. Uh, we're gonna start with uh, Patreon, where our supporters get their comments read out as our way of saying thank you. <laughs> Bippy boy sixty nine. Oh no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Says, oh, man, I don't know if I can handle sitting through another game where Detroit's get, Detroit gets shut out. Please, hockey gods, save us. And they did. Josh Terrell says, hey, Dub-Dub, is sidered the new Cronwald? Uh, yes. Uh, also, it seems uh, to be – also, it still seems to be buzz about Pugliarvi. Would you pursue him? And if so, what type of asset would you be willing to part with for him? Thanks. Um, we, hold on. We got we to go back to sidered. We can do better than just sidered because – his first name literally sounds rhymes with more hits. I know, and that will probably be our episode title is More Hits Cider. <laughs> unless we've actually and I have to give credit to a few people who tweeted that at us. Um but no, Cider is just gonna be the simple one. That's what people will go for. More hits outside. No. no. More hits inside. Pooley RV, do you give up an asset for him? Sure. Yeah. I take him what's the asset? Would you take a first in Pugliarvi for Athanasiu and a second. No. What would you have to do? What would you do? Take, as, that, take that second out. I don't think Ken Holland's giving up a first in Pugliarvi for Athanasiu. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to give up another asset along with Athanasiu because I'm not super high on Pugliarvi. I, the, the first is obviously the trade piece in there. Who, would, who else would Ken Holland covet? That we could throw in as a sweetener, a uh, slightly overpaid uh, grinder that everybody just loves. Zach Cassian. And, no, we'll call him Darren Helm. <laughs> um, Joseph Delia says, sup, my dudes. Uh, keep the prospect talk, talk going. Sorry. Uh, we will we'll start our we'll start mapping out our like official prospect. Uh, previews and things like that. Yeah, we got to get a count of how many episodes we have until the draft because I want to go more than 30 players deep this time because of the Red Wings having picked 32. Yeah. And obviously we skipped a good chunk of the middle of the first round of prospects last year because didn't matter to Detroit. And then it did. And then it did. We will get them this time. Um, I live close to Muskegon and the USHL is getting better and better. I've got to watch Andre Svechnikov dummy kids when he was 16. Same year Petrozelli dominated. I'm still high on E4. Afanasiev, 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 Igor, Afanasiev, Afanasiev. Oh, he's it was a uh, typo on his end. My bad. Daniel uh, Guishin is going to be a second rounder this year. Guishin, whatever. Any prospects from your home teams that you really liked in the past and wanted the Red Wings to draft? Thanks, my dudes. Yeah, Ryan Ellis, Gabriel Landeskog. Um, right now, well, the kid that I if uh that I've got an eye on for Detroit. Second second round pick is a uh, kid named Donovan Sabrango in Kitchener. Mobile two-way defenseman that uh, I really like. And on most of the rankings, I see he's anywhere from middle of the second round to late third. So there's definitely a chance. 
TJ Swanson says, hey, guys, my first comment since becoming a patron. I know there's going to be a lot of draft talk over the next few months, but who are some of the guys you'd like to see targeted in the second round this year? Myself, I'd love to see Paterka fall that far, but I highly doubt that he will. Anyways, love the podcast, guys. Thanks for helping us through this season. Uh, I'm really hoping Jacob Perot slips because he's one of those highly skilled guys who has a lot of question marks around him. Um, and you do tend to see those guys slip like a Kaliev last year. So... Hoping there. Uh, a couple of the Russian kids I'm hoping to see slip. Um, Gushin being one of them. Yeah, there's, there's a few. I don't have a, again, without having any list in front of me off the top of my head, I'm drawing a few more blanks here, but there's a lot of defensemen in that range that intrigue me in that 32. What's his name? Shakir Mukamadulin. Um, Mukamadulin, yeah, yeah, he could fall. That was, I think, that's just, a fun name. Just for the name alone, it's someone I would love. This to This is see why we around. can't trade Athanasiu. This could be the best breakout ever. Mukamadulin to Athanasiu. to Athanasiu, and they scored before I even finished saying Athanasiu's name. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Barry says, "Hey guys, I uh, hope you had a happy Canada Hockey Day. What are you willing to sacrifice for the first overall pick, knowing it's a nineteen percent chance?" Also, watching Justin Abdelkader completely whiff on an open net was so painful uh, in the Bruins game. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I'll sacrifice Abdelkader for it. I would sacrifice Athens to see you for a guarantee of the first overall pick. Uh, there, there's almost basically what you're sacrificing. You're basically just asking who on the Red Wings would you trade one for one for. Uh, Lafreniere, which the answer is all of them. <laughs> Jeremy Dahl says, really enjoyed the ep- uh, exclusive episode, guys. Yes, if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and do it. We will be dropping another one soon. Uh, very much worth the investment. <coughs> Jeez, Brad, he's trying to say nice things about us. Shut up. Hey, the rest of you, sign up. Become a winged wheeler. Join this great group. I swear it's like a support group for uh, us poor suffering wings fans. God damn, this season is brutal. I get nothing but the piss taken out of me at work for how bad they are. You guys are goddamn legends and scholars. One quick question, though. You guys say you love dogs, but didn't care for Brad's dogs and won't let Mel's dog in the room. You said she loves you guys. Just let her in the room. Anyways, cheers. Look forward to another episode and then many more after that. You guys wouldn't hear a word we say if we did. Yeah. I, we have a hard enough time controlling uh, noise and sound quality with Evan rubbing his uh, sun chip bag coat during every episode. Yep. Abby's not. Abby's quiet. She doesn't bark. But at the same time, like it's dogs walking around on hardwood and just constantly fussing about. She's oh. had a runny nose lately, which is incredibly annoying. That's where I got it. <laughs> dog cold. My I bad. got the dog cold. You want to hear the the cutest problem uh, solution me and my wife have ever had at home? Mika hates sleeping in her bed by herself. Mm. Hates it, hates it, hates it. She usually wanders into our room at like four or five in the morning and then we have to put her back. The solution so we're not in there is we've been putting Ollie in there with her and she's been okay with that. Has Ollie been okay with that? He loves it because she's got so many like stuffies and crap on the floor that are soft. He's oh, yeah. He's in heaven. This is this is the highlight of his life. Ollie's going to outlive us all. He might. I thought that guy was going to die like two years in well, the podcast. Boxer's life expectancy is eight to ten. He's turning thirteen this summer. Good man. Hasn't slowed down a step. He has. He's definitely slowed down. He used to not have any like gray on him at all. Now he's almost all white. Oh, buddy. John Evans says, hello, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, greetings from Ohio. Quick story from Friday's game. Went to a bar afterwards to drown our sorrows and toast Jimmy Howard's performance. We discovered this place, hashtag no free ads, served poutine, and I became very excited as I've never had it before. Gotta say, I can see what the hype was about. I chose to try and go full Canadian and wash it down with a favored WWP sponsor, Labatt Blue. Anyways, given this choice of food and beverage, it makes me understand that I'm uh, required to apply for Canadian citizenship now. So if you can point me in the right direction, that'd be great. Any poutine tips that you care to share? Um, Ryan's I, passionate about this. So I'm going to let him take it. I, I'm a little bit of a purist. I understand there's different poutines in the world. Has to be cheese curds, squeaky cheese curds, no shredded cheese, no different kinds of cheese. Don't get fancy. No cheese sauce, squeaky cheese curds melted by the beef gravy that you put on. I understand if you're a vegetarian, you want to put veggie gravy. Fine. I, I am adamant. That You've made your bed. You don't get poutine. <laughs> I'm adamant that beef gravy is the best for it. Um, I'm actually flexible on fries. McDonald's shoestring, shoestring fries, their poutine's not bad. But has to be squeaky cheese curds, has to be beef gravy. You can add pulled pork. You can add different things for sure. Absolutely. I'm not going to say it's not poutine. When but we go to Montreal, I'm 100% going to get a Montreal smoked meat poutine. Oh, yeah. I don't even. If we get the first overall pick, I will rub that on my 
naked body. <laughs> Patreon exclusive content, or should we just make that available for everyone? Don't worry, we won't need to do any filming on that because we will be at the draft in Montreal with lots of cameras and reporters <laughs> and you think podcasters. Alfie Turcotte picking his nose on camera was bad. Oh. I'm going to get out, escorted out by security. We will be on every station, network, and podcast imaginable when that happens. Oh man, that'll really pro- <laughs> propel our growth. You're welcome, everyone. Um, side note here. You know how we hit 500,000 listeners uh, like at the end of last summer? No. Where, what are you doing at any given point? I don't life? know. You always send out things like that on Twitter, and I just retweet them. I know my role. <laughs> I don't read them. He's like he's like the fourth-line grinder who's aware his team has a power play unit but couldn't tell you who's on it or how it's run. He's like, I know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it. Uh, you'd be a bad fit on the Red Wings, my friend. Uh, I can't score. <laughs> I'd be a great fit. <laughs> we hit half a million lifetime listens at the end of last summer. We've already passed since then 800,000 lifetime listens. Yeah, we should hit a million sometime this summer, I think, or this year. Um, So that's huge. Um, Also, you guys have been huge uh, subscribing to us on Spotify. Uh, If you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Subscribe on Spotify and leave a rating on Spotify or and or in case you want to just like go all out, even if you don't listen on these platforms, subscribe on iTunes. Leaving a rating on iTunes is huge for us. you guys have left us a ton of five-star ratings, which has been amazing. So thank you for that. Anyhow, yeah, exciting milestones that we didn't even realize that we were passing. Uh, Nick says, hey, Dub Dub, this has undoubtedly been the longest season that I can remember. As we continue to silently beg for death over the course of the next 26 games, it's sort of hard to find things that really uh, to really look forward to with this team. The only thing worse than watching Blast Hill's baffling personnel decisions like playing two of the worst players in the league on the PK um is watching people defend him online because the team lacks talent team obviously lacks talent but they're not that far behind the other bottom dwellers anyways goose uh, gus lindstrom not too shabby through two games my personal hope for him is that he can spend the next couple of seasons showing he's a good defensive right hand d who can skate and move the puck uh so that when we have a higher ceiling guy like tuo misto lindstrom can pro- uh, provide us with a valuable trade chip or maybe even around that time uh maybe even around the time we're a bubble team one last thing to consider. I don't think I trade Tyler Bertuzzi, but everyone has a price. He's a 24-year-old RFA having an awesome season and he plays playoff style hockey. I could see someone really valuing him. What would someone ha- what would someone have to offer you for Bert? You know all those Athens CU trade rumors we've been talking about? Yeah, basically those. Those, but I would say more right now. Eh. Stay fr- yeah, probably. Stay fresh cheese bags of Fournier Company says, Hello there, fellows. Porch Lossky again. Let's distract ourselves for a moment. The last episode, you guys talked about Ernie and Bowie swapping positions. I remember Bowman trying Fedorov on defense for his speed, and eventually Dandano permanently switched from the fourth line to uh, forward to defense because he was blindingly fast. Around the league, big-bodied forwards Brent Burns and Dustin Bufflin were switched to D for their physicality and huge shots. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Ernie doesn't play like any of these guys. Besides his defensive awareness, what else is, could he possibly bring by switching back there? Uh, and we were kidding mostly. Um, what could he bring by being a defenseman on this team right now? I think the most important thing that he would bring to that is not being daily. Which is a uh, easy thing to be because daily seems to be in a league of his own as of late. He is. Like, I've been watching the games where Erickson dresses – or relative like unknowns like Viega or defensive liabilities like Bowie. And I just go, wow, Trevor Daly is so much worse than all of them. Why is the one guy with absolutely zero trade value the guy who requested a trade? Do you know that that like sums up the Red Wings season, doesn't it? Um as for Bowie, the last defenseman I know of that moved up to forward is our old friend Brendan Smith because he sucked on the blue line. Same as Bowie, but they play different styles. How would Bowie be different from Smith? How would he, would he be the same? They'd be similar in a lot of the ways. I think they made a lot of the same kind of like offensive rushes or step-ins. I think Bowie actually has a little bit of a finer eye for the offensive part of the game, although his execution's not always on point. I think he's just – I think his raw tools are flat out better than Smith. I think he's a better skater. I think he's got a better shot. I think he's got, like you said, a better eye in the offensive zone. I'm not saying he would go up to forward and be a 40-point guy, but I think he could legitimately go to the third or fourth line and contribute 30-ish points a season to 40 pretty comfortably because he's 
doing that from the back end, except he's causing goals from the back end. So hopefully he, that would get solved a little bit. Smith was a phenomenally better defender than Bowie, and he wasn't even a good defender. <laughs> uh, by the way, sending condolences out to Steve Dangle. Uh, yes, of course, Steve um, did uh, have a death in the family, so condolences out to him. Did you hear them on their last episode? Not the last episode, maybe the one before of the Steve Dangle podcast laughing about how bad Detroit was. And then they were like, oh man, how's the wing wheel podcast doing this? I was like, solidarity. That's how. Thanks boys. Um, Gouda is rich, nutty, and a bit smoky, a bit, a big, bold, full bodied tannic Cabernet Sauvignon will stand up well with the heavy taste of the cheese. Stay fresh cheese bags. Always an interesting comment. Ian says, have any of you guys seen the Bob Probert movie? Uh, I have not yet, but it's on my list. There's a movie. Yep. Did not know this. No. Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, what are your thoughts on Svechnikov? Dude is probably my favorite prospect, but is he going to crack the roster next year or is he going to be part of a big deadline deal? He, I would guess he's going to crack the roster next year. I no longer have much of a high hope for him as a top six forward, but I I think he could be a good third line winger. Um, he had two goals last game, I believe. Cider. Mm-hmm shot one that he deflected in which is hey maybe a sign of uh, future things to come uh, maybe. yeah i don't and again this is his first year back after missing a full season with an acl injury so i think we can still be legitimately excited about Sachinikov with realistic expectations garrett tv says hockey amigos you're gonna trade athena CU. would you rather do it one before he signs a new contract and or goes to arbitration or two some point after he signs a three-year times four million dollar contract what would you think maximizes his return given what we've seen so far? Keep whatever stick you're not in quarantine on the ice and be sure to get pucks deep. Let's go Red Wings. I would trade him before he signs the contract because I would think his new team would want to negotiate their own terms, own contract, own cap hit, own length, et cetera, et cetera, own no trade or whatever clauses that might be attached to a contract they would want to control. Counterpoint. A three by four isn't bad, especially if he rebounds a little bit next year. Oh, I agree. That would be a fantastic contract, which is exactly why he's not going to sign that. Uh, Yakaruta says the Red Wings should try to acquire a top defenseman this offseason, say a Tory Kruger Petrangelo. Since neither is coming to Detroit, what fourth pair defenseman do the Red Wings pay too much money this summer? None. Eisenman is too smart for that to pay anyone with term. Uh, also, do you care about the Oscars? Hashtag, oh shit, we lost Terry. Yeah, I do. I, I usually try to get around to watching a lot of the nominees, but I haven't yet. Uh, I used to actually like really, really get into the Oscars when I could actually watch all the movies that were nominated since out of all the movies nominated for best film this year, I think I've seen maybe one of them. So I, it's hard for me to care, although I did get to the movies on uh, Thursday to see Birds of Prey. How was it? really good i went into that movie with absolutely no expectations and it was really really fun movie not like anything that's going to go super in depth they're getting nominated for any awards but the visuals were great the characters were great the comedy timing was great i I enjoyed the hell out of it Hmm. and it's bombing at the box office because dc mark says hey boys big day for hockey wings at 12 30 griffin's at four and i play at Shit, I should probably figure that out. We've only got seven skaters and no goalie, so if any of you guys want to sub, we've got spots open. The game is only a couple towns away in uh, Lansing. Anyways, got two questions. Do you think attempting to play low-event hockey is good or bad for developing players? Bad. Bad. Um, my thought is that when they're young, get them scoring. Might give up more goals, but scoring builds confidence and makes the game more fun. When they get within striking distance of being competitive, then starting to get the, then start to get them playing more defensively. Low event hockey should be for teams that already know how to score goals when they need them. Wings clearly can't score, but they're not going. They're also not good at playing low event hockey either. I guess I think of how the early '90s Wings were built versus how they started to play after Scotty came to Detroit. Um, by the time they were asked to play more defensively, they were exceedingly efficient at scoring goals. Second question, what are the best numbers to have for beer league? For me, 10 skaters is perfect, 9 is sketchy, 8 the wheels are falling off, 7 or less is a possible heart attack. I like 11. You get uh, the extra rest when you need it, but for the most part, you're going every other shift. Yeah. I think at least 11. I, at least. I don't like more than 11. Uh, more than 11, I feel like I, it, I've never played in a beer league game where the pace is so high that I need to be rested for two full shifts, so... Yeah, anything higher than that where you're getting close to three lines is a touch irritating, but I understand you have to do that because if you only build a roster of two lines, you are getting six players every game. 
Have a good week, and hopefully we see something in the Griffins game that will make us excited for the future. Jake Jarvis says, what's up, old pals? Been a while since I wrote in. Just saying hi, that's all. Hello, Jake. Hope you've been well. We have to reconnect sometime soon. Jacob Charlip says, what's up, gentlemen? As we get closer to the end of the season, we've got to find reasons to be locked into the playoffs. So who are the one or two teams <coughs> in both conferences you guys would like to see make a run? Uh, both conferences? I would say to make a run out of the... Like, that's realistic, because right now I would be all in on the Kovalchuk train. Um, make a run out of the East, uh, Carolina, and I would... Carolina and Columbus. Call me crazy. I know they're not even in a playoff spot right now. I want to see Florida make a run. They're... Um, with, with their games in hand, they're in a divisional seed. They just have to win one game out of their next um, two, two team, to beat out Toronto. Team hasn't won a playoff round since 96. That could be fun. Uh, out of the West, Vegas and Edmonton, because I want to see Edmonton. I want to see Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree on both. Um, okay, moving on. Matt Cheney says, what's up, boys? If there's one thing that uh, gives me pleasure this season, it's seeing Ilya Kovalchuk score an overtime stinger for the Montreal Canadiens against Toronto. When the Leafs are in the playoff hunt, I'll take sentences I never thought I'd type out for 800, please, Alex. I'm hoping Evan is here for this question since he seems to be an expert in vacation. I'm heading off to the de- off to the Dominican soon. How do I best take advantage of an all-inclusive resort? What do you mean? You eat and drink and sit on the beach. Amazing. That's the advice he was looking for. His advice is don't overthink it. Just have fun. Tip early and tip well, and then you'll have everything you could ever want at your fingertips. And tip visibly. Yes. Don't sneak that 20 in there. No. Show it to them. You have a parade up to the bar with that crisp American $20 bill. Evan Beckner says, sup guys, uh, writing this from the LCA during first intermission. We don't deserve Bernier. He's too good. Liz B says, Boston lost to Detroit on national TV. That is all an excellent point, Liz. Did uh, we mention what Bernier's stats in the last uh, nine games were? Uh, Five and four, sub two goals against average and like a 941 save percentage while averaging 32 shots against per game. That's mental. Those are Vezina numbers. We have time for some Reddit questions. Uh, C Nods says, uh, basically asks, at what point do we send out Abdulkader? He looks so out of place on the ice. Oh, that time and has already come and passed. It won't happen. It'll never happen now. Um, also talks about how uh, Lindstrom doesn't look out of place uh, a few games in. Uh, thinks it says also to expand further on Abdulkader. They're hoping that it would send a message to the team that no one is safe. Um it's just at this point, like no one's going to claim him. Who would you replace him with? Literally anyone would be better. But at the same time, just because he has an A, it might not happen for a while. It might happen when there's people pushing on him, like what happened with Erickson, because there's people pushing on him for that spot. But still, Dave Athor um, says lots of feelings after that game. Um, wanted to quote one of the commentators at the end of the Boston game because they found it funny. Uh, Detroit has won against the more prestigious team. <laughs> That's rude. Mike Milbury uh, constantly commenting on the fact that Joe Louis Arena was a dump. Shut up, Mike. It was our dump. Should we count cups between Boston and Detroit? Hmm. Uh, uh, okay, but original six does whatever. They're an original six team, too. We're absolutely allowed to count that. Actually, you know what? You want to count cups since then, too? Fight me, Bruins. Uh, Lindstrom has been amazing and in these few games uh, has way overperformed anything I previously thought about him. Not sure if I want him up for the rest of the season because he is amazing or down in five games because we need to protect him. What's your opinion on Lindstrom's play so far and where do you think he'll play moving forward? I think he'll get a limited look and get sent back down like Brad mentioned. Uh, Okay, time for some Twitter questions before we wrap up here. I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode, but funny thing when not a lot happens um and it's still a touch too soon to really dive into our prospect previews but we might just have to start soon if we're going that far deep but um we will start off uh we had some questions oh would you take would you trade um a first no hold on let me find that let me find this tweet uh evan do a song and dance to fill the time no thank you why not no, thank you. Uh, Unemployed Joe says, watching Buffalo still be garbage with five seasons of Eichel kind of has me worried about us. Even if we do get uh, Lafreniere, please tell me why I'm wrong in thinking about that way. Steve Eisman versus Jason Botterill. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Steve Eisman has made Tampa Bay into who they are, um, and that's exactly why you shouldn't be concerned. Uh, Al Robbins says, if we all get healthy at the same time and call up some of the kids from Grand Rapids, could this team win three games in a row before the end of the season? 
Yes. Got pretty close to it this week. Yeah. They might still do it. Um, The end of the season is funny. I think teams have a fun way of kind of not caring towards the end, especially when they've locked up playoff spots. And when this new like two versus three seating, a lot of them don't matter for a long time. So I don't know the exact order of the schedule, but I know there's Buffalo and Montreal coming up relatively soon. So there's a lot <laughs> of must, do it. There's a lot of must win games in the Atlantic division. So I feel like playing against those teams, it won't be a, a quote unquote easier night, but teams do get a little lax at the end of the season. Um, Cider Salad asks, Edmonton lacks scoring wingers and can't win uh, face-offs. Athens, you and Glenn Denning for a first and a third. Would you take it if you're Ken Holland or would you do it if you're Steve Eisenman? I would do it if I was Steve Eisenman, not Ken Holland. I don't think I would do that if I was Ken Holland either, but it would be a nice deal. Uh, with that, we'll wrap up this uh, shorter episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. We want to thank you all. Uh, thank you all for supporting us. And again, if you guys want other ways to support us, uh, listen to our uh, closing the uh, voiceover that we have. She'll give you great details. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave ratings on both. Tell your Red Wings fan friends about this. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Check us out. Uh, we want to thank all of our name level sponsors. Ryan's Favorite Bastard, Arjun Shanker, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kay Thompson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Bippy Boy 69, <laughs> Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Mike Reed, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kalen Wood, Hassam Al Qasem, uh, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Sean Levine, Connor Layton, and Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Craig Kibble, Rob Thiel, Simon Anderson, John Evans, Kay Waz, and Stan Olson. Stay tuned. We have a big five-year anniversary uh, giveaway coming up. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan. Thank you.